Hello and welcome to the first ever episode five of the virtual pub. We can't go to the pub right now, so where are we going to bring the pub? You. 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 Bit delayed, but I'll take um, it anyway. I'm Jason England. Thank you all so much for joining us live, not just on Twitch this time, but also on Facebook. We now have social media pages, so you can follow us at Virtual Pub PC. I'm joined by all my friends, and I will start and say, I'm Jason England. I'm drinking Blue Barrels, smoke, Blue Barrel Ciders, Smoking Barrel Cider. It's very, very tasty. Um, and I'll wrap up my week in a little bit, but I'll start with Lindsay. How was your week and what are you drinking? I just want to say you completely nailed that drink title then, Joe. um yeah i am drinking cause back to my old faithful because it was finally back in tesco again i don't know why cause was so sold out yeah um feel i'm waiting for the the cause rip but i think we've already done that a few thanks (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit generic to kind of go with that though like we didn't want to go that far in uh, we, I think we ripped Ben and Moody before with it. I don't know. Um, yeah, my week's been all right. Um, I've actually signed up to the WSET Level 1 Spirits course, so I've been doing that and smashing through that, get my samples next week. Um, so I get to have a little rum and whiskey and brandy tastings in my own home and write little tasting notes about it and then get a nice qualification at the end of four weeks. Nice. Pretty nice. good. Cool, cool. Dolby. How was your week and what are you drinking? So uh, it's been a pretty good week. I've probably had like the best week I've had since we've been in lockdown, which is which is nice. Um, I'm not going to... So what I'm drinking, I've got my usual beer collection from Six Bowls today. A shout out to Ezra, who is listening. Um, <laughs> I'm not even going to try and pronounce pronounce this because it's a weird Swedish word. But it's F-L-V with a couple of dots above it. G-G-E. The Fluvge... Fl- what furniture is that? But it's a delicious nine and a half percent sour IPA. So it's fucking well nice. Um Ooh. turns your stuff the week, like just just been working, um, continuing my quest of pretty much trying to watch everything that exists on Netflix. Um but unfortunately I ended up going back to watching shit things. I watched a film called The Interview on a Saturday. Not the Seth Rogen and James Franco one, though I imagine that one's probably shit as well. It's a film with Hugo Weaving in from 1997. It had like seven and a half on IMDb, and it's an Australian film uh, where they think he's committed a murder, and it's just him being interviewed about it. It is absolutely fucking dreadful. Do not watch it under any circumstances. <laughs> Hugo Weaving's Australian accent is not good. <laughs> I feel like we need like Dolby shit movie time. And they just don't call each other silly bastards all the way through. That was a shit Australian accent, but it's awful. Dreadful. Stay away from it. <laughs> at least, at least in the Seth Rogen interview, you know what you're getting yourself into. I was severely disappointed with this. But other than that, pretty good. Cool, cool. Thorpe, how was your week and what you're drinking besides um, sharing some random suspicious link with us? Wait, that link. Well, less said about that, the better. That's the most old man thing I've ever done in my life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This week, uh, I've been a bit the same old, same old, except I did take Sony upon their offer to download the remastered Uncharted games. So I've been playing through them pretty much the last couple of days. That's taken up most of my time. And this week, now I'm going to get some stick for this, but Jay, you can't give me any stick because I'm drinking 
Tesco brand apple cider. Times really have. Times have fallen hard on the, <laughs> the Fort March household. Are you, are you so hipster you just turn into a Trump? <laughs> I don't mind this cider. It's the one of the only normal ciders I actually like. So hipster is homeless. But Jake can outdo me because I remember the time when I walked in his flat when he had a flat in Lace Mark and he was drinking Tesco brand lager. What? The oh the blue can one. The blue can one. Yeah, because I, I was living on my own in a flat and renting a flat in fucking Lace Market. I had pennies to my name. Yeah, it's pennies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we still went out a lot more when you lived there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> say, oh we, yeah, Liz, we drank so much. Because commonly, not having any money stops us going out and getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, for the um, context of what we were slightly alluding to a little bit earlier, um, Thorpe shared a link to get. Was it a free? keg of Heineken or something. Free mini keg of Heineken, which I got on got, got on good sources that it wasn't a fake one. Put the deep put sent it to the people I needed to send it to and then it offered me some free Starbucks samples. Which was a fucking and disappointment. Did a to Nigerian be honest. prince also get in touch and say that you could save him for forty two thousand Ugandan dollars. Fortunately not, it would have been better than fucking Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> just the most old man thing you've ever done like the first thing that happened when i opened up the link was there was a pop-up and then that thing where it says do you want to allow notifications from this website came down as well and it's like nope absolutely no, I fucking did, I wait, in like... I, for future reference i did click block Okay. Good, I mean, you good. wait. In three months' time, Forbes gonna get that mini keg delivered, and we're, he's gonna spit in all our faces. <laughs> it'll be, and it'll be it'll be even worse because we've opened it and not forwarded it to anyone, and that means we're all gonna have seven years bad luck. <laughs> the, a creepy little girl's gonna appear at the end of our bed yeah. and murder us in our sleep. <laughs> Sponsored by Heineken. <laughs> What a viral marketing campaign that is. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Moody. Tell me about your week and what you've been drinking. I am fucking knackered. Um, yep. So I am I'm fully up to speed now doing the, the shopping deliveries, which, uh, as we've talked about before, I do Amazon deliveries. You go out and do Amazon deliveries. You, like, do a little parcel, and you go out and deliver people's shopping Fuck me, some of it's really heavy. So my my everything hurts at the moment. Kind of working muscles that I hadn't worked in quite a long time. Um, so yeah, quite quite tired. Everyone else like yeah, lockdown life, really chilled, doing nothing. I'm I'm shattered. So I am I'm absolutely in that. I'm actually because I've done um, nine hour shifts yesterday and today. Uh, fortunately, I've got shorter shifts tomorrow and Friday. So I am actually in that post end of week friday night at the pub mentality i'm on my second beer i'm drinking budweiser and yeah if we get about halfway through this podcast and i just start talking utter bullshit or snoring don't be surprised no, you're yeah. fine okay okay cool cool it'll, it'll be a nice little like um sound effects to kind of <laughs> the pin the entire podcast it'll be, yeah. it'll be quite quite nice on underneath it um like an asmr sort of thing with snoring mm. Just to just to quickly interrupt here, uh, Ezra missed a shout out. Cheers again for the beer, mate. 
Ah, there we go. We've had a little bit of a social interaction, so I thought I might as well, you know, bring it oh, up. Nice, nice. He went, he went for a wee and missed it. Well, does someone <laughs> want to like jump on the jump on the Facebook chat? Yeah. And see if they can um, that comes on. So, shout out to people currently listening: is Jade, James, Callum, Jordan, and Ezra. Thanks, guys. Love you guys. Thank you. Like, share, um, subscribe. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got to, um, we've got to get those messages a... in there. We always forget. Like, share, and subscribe. Um, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five star review, yeah, man. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Cool. Brap. <laughs> um. So after that really awkward on camera moment there, that looked so white, it was unbelievable. Um, my week was all right. Um, starting to feel a little bit better in my current situation. Like, I don't necessarily feel the cabin fever so much anymore. Um. I am making sure that I'm going on more regular walks with the missus. Uh, in terms of stuff, um, content that I've been consuming over this week, uh, I've been watching the TV show that my mum and dad recommended. And at first, when they recommended it, it's Gordon, Gino, and Fred's road trip. I was initially thinking it was going to be a bit shit, but then I started watching it. It's basically like a culinary version of Top Gear with a decent sense of humor. And I've been proper enjoying like sinking my teeth into it. And it's that good, proper, like, distraction tv you know when you just want something good and you like don't care like what kind of quality it is like for some people it's love island and like for other people it's different shows but for me it's definitely this show and it's really good to binge they've done three episodes at the moment and there's one at the end where um the fred that i mentioned in the title is fred siru so he's the um maitre d from first dates he's a guy at the front of the restaurant and he does yoga in a Borat mankini. <laughs> and fucking hell, he's cut. He is trimmed. He is a handsome team. man anyway. Like, yeah. most people with me, Fred is handsome. Exactly. And I've been, well, attempting to play Call of Duty Warzone, but I realise I'm utterly shit at it. So, Jace, oh, oh my God. Like, I'm so fucking terrible at Call of Duty. <laughs> you do not understand. Like... I've tried, like, apparently, so I played after we finished the pod last week, and I'd had a bit to drink, and I was better, but I just, yeah, um, I'm, I'm just atrocious. I think I played a whole, I played, I played a game last night, and I literally had no kills throughout the whole game. I'm, I'm basically, like, the fucking child that's never played a game before. It's awful. <laughs> <laughs> like, the only kill that I got was the fact that somebody had like hidden in the corner and then gone away from their controller and they were just sat there. So I just managed to shoot it with my shotgun and that's the one kill I got for about two fucking hours playing it. So rather than playing that, I decided to sell into a game that I hadn't played in about two decades, but finally picked it back up, Age of Empires 2 on nice. the PC. Nice. That was my evening, one of these one of the weeknights and yeah, I forgot how much I love playing that. Um, and one thing that I've definitely realized over the last week is that my imagination has definitely spiraled a bit out of control. So I was walking with um, walking with my girlfriend. We were doing our one walk for the day. And we went down towards the river and past the War Memorial Park near um, the River Trent, if you guys know that place. Yeah. Yep. And obviously there's that bit just outside it where all the cars park where most of the people go dogging yeah um, <laughs> not well, know that Jason so that's good to know it's <laughs> 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 immediately just dropped a pin on fucking Google Maps like okay good to know yep. thank you 
uh, remember this. For anyone playing the virtual pub drinking game, dogging is not an option we normally have. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but fucking like, we just started like talking. We were like, well, how the fuck do you do dogging like in a social distancing world? And the very quote that Laura said back to me is like, I don't think it's possible because it's a bit of a contact sport. And the fact that she called it a sport made me immediately think that it would be some fucking like game on like ESPN 8 The Ocho. <laughs> just some kind of like weekly show that just comes up and it's just a commentator in the background and it's like and there goes Brenda all very good of Neil over there to allow Derek to just absolutely peg his wife in the back of that Ford Capri <laughs> wonderful performance <laughs> wonderful <laughs> performance hello to all the uh, new listeners story went so much further than I was expecting it to <laughs> Taking people back a cast talk earlier than usual. It's sort of, um, <laughs> sort of, I can't be the only person listening, right? That when you said, Oh, I wonder how you could dog doing social distancing, I can't be the only one that thought of dildo on a broom handle. <laughs> you absolutely can. <laughs> I think you were the only one who thought that. But actually, you, I you, am right. You've nailed the social distancing dog in here. Maybe he could Spider-Man his wife. Do you know what I mean? Just like lob it his hand for her face. And that's it for this week. We'd like to thank you for listening to this show. <laughs> ben, Ben Port's now banned from the air. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, our parents listen to this, so we should probably move on. <laughs> so, you guys... <laughs> if, you, if you're still sticking around you are listening to the virtual pub and if you would like to support this show we promise we won't talk about dogging anymore but you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public and Castbox or you can follow us on Anchor as well um, if you enjoy it and you would like to financially support the show um, you're watching us currently either live on Facebook hello there or you're watching us on Twitch, you can go ahead and subscribe to the Twitch channel. That's twitch.tv slash England. If you have an Amazon Prime account, you get a free Twitch sub, so it doesn't cost you a penny to financially support a creator. doesn't necessarily have to be me. If you're like, they talk about weird shit. I don't want to support them. That's absolutely fine. You can use it on someone else. But if you are enjoying it, please still go ahead and use that sub on us. So join us after the break as we talk about the news Welcome back, and let's dive right into some news. And we start, as always, with our weekly segment called Pick a Prick. It's time, time to pick a prick. Pick a prick. Where we take a look through the weekly news and find the biggest dicks of the entire week. And we get them out on the table and we share them here. So we start at the top. Moody, pick a prick. 
I'm going for multiple this week. I'm going for a a section of society that annoys me greatly, and uh, and and I've seen a few of them in my time out and about. Um, I'll just read you the first couple of paragraphs of this uh, of this article. Um, speeding motorists have been travelling at more than double the limit during lockdown. UK police have revealed. One driver was recorded at 134 miles per hour in a 40 mile per hour limit in London. Another was clocked at 115 miles per hour on a 40 mile per hour road in Greater Manchester. Um, Also highlights a bit further down the article, it talks about a driver who was stopped in Sudbury in Suffolk who was doing 80 miles an hour in a 30 with no insurance and no driving licence. It's like... (laughs) We've t- we've talked in the last couple of weeks about how obviously in in these lockdown times people have kind of just a small section of society and a small number of people just think the rules don't apply to them. But this for me is just the absolute like top end of that. It's like you're being told to stay at home unless it's absolutely necessary. I mean, look, if there are some instances within this. Um, and there might well be of people who are desperately racing to get to family or something serious, then to them I apologise. But there's no way that all of these instances that um, in the article it says Greater Manchester Police alone have issued, I've seen over 6,000 um, speeding fines issued since the lockdown began a month ago. Um, it's just... The the impact if somebody doing that has an accident, you've got ambulances that will be coming out. If you're doing over 100 miles an hour on any road, on a motorway, any accident's going to result in an ambulance coming out. Just fucking show some consideration to what's going on. And if you do need to go out, that's fine. But stick to the limits. Be a sensible citizen. Yeah, completely agree. Run over. <laughs> can't, can't even disagree with it. Like, they're no. there for a reason. Ultimately, people are fucking stupid and they don't care about anyone else. Yeah, drink. Yeah. Um, they don't care about anyone else. They're, they're selfish and they're not. You're No matter where you have to be, it's not as important as you fucking think it is. Yeah, precisely to a point that it's not even about the breaking the law part. It's about the immense amount of danger you're putting yourself in, but also everyone else. And for what exactly? Just to get home a little bit quicker, and you think you can get away with it because the roads are a bit quieter? Like, fuck off. Excuse me as well, because I wonder how many people wonder how many people are drink driving as well because the roads are quiet. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Speaking of. Yeah, that's I mean, a are, are good we... transition. That's that a pretty good really transition. Good, very good transition, Moody. If you're finished, is our first I am. transition. Yeah, one that's actually worked, Lindsay. Pick a prick. So, my prick this week is going to be George Hankins. He is a batsman for Gloucester cricket team, and he was charged with drink driving after crashing. <sighs> so, just there, <laughs> right there, <laughs> this drunk driving is inexcusable no matter what time of year it is, no matter if there's a lockdown on or if there isn't. If you're drink di- driving, you're a fucking twat. Yeah, there's legitimately nothing else that you can really say about this like anybody who does is a selfish arsehole and to put people in danger in the way that you are doing so is just an incredibly dickish move to say the least 
I think the thing really... that made me the thing that made me chuckle about this, you you shared the um news article with us and it's got a photo of the car after the crash and it's like it's cricket it's car. Bad, it's bad <laughs> enough what's happened, but he's actually drink driving in a car with, with George Hankin name on it. Gloucester <laughs> <laughs> County Cricket Club yeah. logo plastered <laughs> on the passenger side door. <laughs> like, how fucking stupid can you be? Like, um, if well, you, you look at the photo... People are fucking stupid. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you Is look at the photos of the crash, there's bits of the car like on fire like, off the road and everything. So obviously the fire goes from called out okay. an ambulance has been called out police have all been called out for one bloke I couldn't say I think he had a no no it was just him just him so that's three of the emergency services just for one person because one yeah. person decided to be a fucking twat and I know people always say like oh I've had four pints I'm fine no you're not though love no. you're not the limit is one unit yeah and I'm that's still that's chuckling about the fact he had his fucking name on the side of the car yeah, <laughs> like that's just fucking crack. It, it's the equivalent of um, like when you were a kid and you had like a really embarrassing T-shirt, and you, this is kind of going down in the story, but basically had like a really ridiculously shit orange T-shirt when I was in year eight at school, and I had like a spare T-shirt in my bag and I switched out into it into like this white T-shirt and tried to hide the orange one, and someone found it and they're like, "Whose T-shirt is this?" And I was like, "It's not mine." And obviously on the inside, my mom fucking stitched the name in the tag. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just the inescapable, like, I bet George was there like, wasn't me, what are you talking about? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't cause this. Well, your name's on the car, mate, fuck's sake. <laughs> Dolby, pick us a prick. Okay, here we go. So um, it's, it's on a bit of a different note. Uh, sorry to bring it back to the sort of COVID outbreak, but... Um, this is it could go either way if, if it's proven to be true then the people doing it are pricks if it's um proven that the guy's made it up then he's a prick so it's a, two pricks for the price of one here <laughs> so a twitter <laughs> called uh john o'connell who i believe is a journalist uh posted a pretty long thread on twitter um i can retweet it out from the social account later one if people are interested basically brought to that there's 128 accounts on Twitter that are fake um, from the NHS it's not the ones that went round about bot accounts, it's, it's not related to that but uh, basically pushing people to follow a herd mentality, so saying lockdown isn't necessary the quicker more people get it, the quicker we'll get an immunity to it, and they're supporting the government blanketly, no matter what they say um, and these accounts were linked to the Department of Health or, a marketing, or, or at least a marketing company that's been hired on their behalf to do PR for the health service during the, the the outbreak. So it's nothing to do with the NHS or the NHS workers themselves. They're not the ones that are doing it, but basically the branch of government or a, a contractor of the branch of government have been hired to do this. Now, I don't know if any of you remember during the election when it was a, the Tory official Twitter account got changed to factcheck.gov. Yep. So uh, yeah. during a debate, during a debate, the Tory Twitter one of Tory Twitter accounts got changed to a, a fake fact check account. Essentially, that any time a Labour representative said something, they were like, "This is false," and pushing their own agenda. So, if if this has been done by the, the, the civil service, then the Tory government does have a history of doing it. I'm not going to sort of get on my soapbox too much, but uh, 
the approach the Department of Health for comment, but they refuse to respond to it, which I mean, which isn't an admittance, but it's not a categorical denial either. But there's a lot of people in this country, whether you agree with it or not, that think the government are acting in their own interest. And when you look at the protests that are happening in America, people are in a minority thinking that people it's being overdone and we don't need to go through all the things we're going through at the moment. If it does come out that this is happening, then that's only going to fuel people that believe that. And, you know, drumming up public opinion from the government in this way. So basically, covert propaganda is never a good thing to do, especially not when you're in the midst of a crisis. It's definitely a tricky one because I know that there's been um, the back and forth, especially on John's Twitter page, where he kind of seems to be it sounds like he's leading it on a little bit. So it's like day by day, he keeps saying, I need to get this story ironclad and gold-plated and all these different ways of saying he wants to get it finalised before sharing it anywhere. And everybody's asking him, like, where's the proof? And obviously, he's not trying to provide it at the moment. Um, but because um, I think his comparison he draws is with the Cambridge Analytica story, it says that was released too soon for it to really um, land the impact that they wanted it to. But on the flip side, like you've said, the government does have previous of doing stuff like this and being incredibly manipulative, not just behind um, the Fact Check UK or whatever it was called, Twitter account, but also around the... uh, There was some news story back in 2015 where Theresa May's government had been linked to some Twitter bots as well, sharing a lot of news. 2015 or 2017, one of the two showing a lot of fake news or misrepresenting a story about Labour. Yeah, I mean, there is a potential that this is nonsense and that it's not being done by the Department of Health, which is means he's a dick because he's spreading false information when we don't need false information. There's no yeah. good side of the coin on this story, really. No matter what comes out to be true, it's 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 wrong. I, I think all it highlights, uh, and something that I think we're becoming increasingly more aware of, is that all social media needs a level of um, built-in fact-checking and built-in kind of guidance, doesn't it? You know, there has to be ways for the Facebooks and the Twitters and Instagrams, I suppose that's Facebook as well, isn't it, Um, to highlight to people once it becomes clear that something is not what it what it claims to be, um, then then that should be highlighted. And for, for reasons which I understand but don't agree with, these platforms have not only been slow to react to these challenges, but they've actually taken a stance to, to basically say, look, it's not our responsibility to vet these things. People should go and do their own research. And I understand why they've taken that stance because ultimately there it's such a big job you know the amount of the amount of cost it would take Facebook or Twitter to monitor these sorts of things would probably double their double their budgets in terms of what they spend on an annual basis um if not more but we're mm. just we're just living in a world at the moment aren't we where there's so much um I, I, the the term fake news perhaps isn't right for for a lot of this because I don't necessarily think it's fake. I just think it's you know something that is being represented in the wrong way. I mean, regardless of where these NHS accounts have come from, 
the reality of it is there's over 100 accounts that are all essentially tweeting exactly the same tweets and that's that's a thing that keeps coming up supposed nhs nurses with their with their views from the front line but then when you actually type the exact text of the tweet into twitter you find dozens of instances of different accounts who happen to be tweeting exactly the same thing word for word well there's only two there's only two possibilities within that one is that they've all been informed that they've got to post the same tweet that evening which they wouldn't be there's just no logical reason that would happen or it's not real but for somebody that only follows one of them how do they know that that it's not genuine and that obviously with the, one, with the ones their in view. question with the ones in question it's been the treat tweets have been traced according to from hootsuite i don't know if yeah. anyone will know who hootsuite is but it's basically a platform for managing multiple social medias at the same time yeah so if you were if the if the people in question were to do this that would be the best way of doing it would be to make them all log into hootsuite and then you can monitor it all from there but yeah. Again, we have no proof either way whether it, whether it's true or not. You say that um, the social media platforms won't do anything, but then Facebook, like, they're also going through all their events and taking down all the events that are encouraging social distancing if they're obeying the laws for what country they're supposed to be in and things like that. So they do have the resources to sort of do that because they're doing it and part of it because yeah. it's the rules for their country. But because it's something that's more on a moral stand rather than a legal one, they won't i've i had issues with twitter with this before um so i joined twitter ages and ages ago and then i left it for a few years and i came back to it and it's because the way that you their reporting system was just absolutely diabolical like i saw a lot of horrible stuff and trying to report it to them and they're like we can't control what this person says and it's like oh, yes you can quite easily yeah, you can yeah quite easily i might be it. yeah there's there's a there's a big there's a big thing about like the way social media is policed and we like facebook's the main corporate of it like about um about what the moderating content on there because they're just like minimum wage employees that do it and you know there was facebook was basically used to commit a genocide in the philippines so you know there are problems with it but if i mean if this guy has exposed an issue within the government fantastic if he hasn't he's a prick so there's no way really whichever side of the coin it lands on we uh we have two pricks exactly exactly go on jay what you got cool <laughs> all right so this is gonna be a bit of a rant as well on my end so um do feel free to dive in a bit closer towards the end of my little spiraling diatribe here but i'm gonna pick guido forks who is a far-right blog which is run by a guy named paul staines um just for a little historical fat file to this guy connections to the bmp in his early days he ran a column in the sun for six years spouting this far-right bullshit and he has four convictions including two for drink driving so already he's already quite high up there on the prick list Recently, he's jumped into my radar. I normally ignore this kind of bollocks, but here we are. And he's fell into my general sphere when an NHS nurse on the BBC by the name of Mark Boothroyd came on the TV. He came on um, the Newsnight program on BBC Two, and he shared his worries about 
the lack of uh, PPEs, so personal protective equipment, for hospital staff. And he started, it was quite an emotional diatribe. It's very, very tricky, difficult to watch in terms of him getting very emotional about how many people's lives were at stake. And when all they're doing is wanting to make sure that everybody else gets better, they, he feels like they at least deserve some kind of protection as well on their end. I know that PPE has become a bigger issue this week. I won't go into that. But someone on the Forks team searched for his Twitter account and found um, that in his Twitter bio, it mentioned that he was a Labour supporter. He was a member. He was an activist for the Unite Union, a socialist, and he'd spoken about fighting the Tories hard in the bio. And all because of that, they proceeded to call him a gobby talking head and smears him for not being an expert and downplaying these issues, trying to say, well, actually, he's full of shit because he's a Labour supporter. And all I have to say is this. How fucking dare you try and shit all over the concerns of one of our hardworking NHS staff members on the front line because of political differences, you utter cunt waffle. Like, for fuck's sake, real journalists would try and find out if their worries about PPE were grounded rather than doing a fucking hit job. NHS lives are being lost and are constantly at stake and you worry about a fucking image problem? Like, imagine being so utterly paranoid about the world that you can't imagine someone having pure motives or, like, a pure worry about something. They must have an ulterior motive because as Guido Fawkes or Paul fucking stains fucking shit how stains has proven that's how he operates himself <sighs> are you okay you feel better mate yeah i feel better for that i feel better for that those <laughs> listening on the podcast i don't know what jay's edited that down to but that was like nearly two hours <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> feel free to share thoughts i mean i think you've nailed it <laughs> Really <laughs> like, I just want to just just to reiterate that that guy, I'm not even gonna dignify him by saying his fucking name, is an absolute prick. Um I, I know that the, the lap we laugh and joke about me saying that some people are fucking stupid, but anyone that reads that blog and takes it any degree of seriously is extremely fucking stupid. And I'm surprised they can actually read words. But this isn't the first time that that blog and again, I'm not saying it because I don't, not that I think anyone listening to us would go and read it, but I don't want to give it any sort of publicity. Um, it's not even the first time that they've been in any sort of trouble for doing fucking stupid things like that. They they have a long, long history that of, of just nonsense and clickbait bullshit, like trying to expose MP to being gay like it's a bad thing just it's just fucking nonsense it's basically like alex jones but over here but yeah they think they've got some degree of fucking respectability and you haven't like get fucked like, we is everyone all right yeah i feel a bit better after that go on yeah thorpe. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> go on thorpe take us home is it, is it my break. turn now yeah something a little bit more lighthearted, but also just going on my word of conspiracy and like it turns out that Novak Djokovic, the world number one tennis player, is an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> Are you saying he's, a, he's no vax Djokovic? Dickhead. Damn him, lads. Damn him. <laughs> if you're still, if you're still, I told you you won't be sober. 
<laughs> it's a fucking pub after all. Looking on, at the story all week, and how have I not come up with that fucking joke? <laughs> no, I'm disappointed in you. But he said he's basically come out and said that he doesn't want to be forced to take a to take a vaccine for COVID nineteen. Now, and it might affect his return to tennis. So fucking what? Federer's there anyway, but I mean, <laughs> get to them back. Realistically, you don't see like Andre Agassi or Greg Rosetsky doing that. But um, sorry, honestly, <laughs> your two references of tennis players have retired for like four years. <laughs> Told you I'm an old man. You don't see you don't see fucking Arthur Ashe and Bjorn Borg doing it, do you? It's a joke. <laughs> you, don't Dam- you don't see Damon L not doing a. <laughs> okay. you, you were completely off course there what is happening <laughs> <laughs> anyway back to the original point before we just got into referencing old sportsmen from the 1990s honestly he's he's platform to, is to so many people do we really want to be encouraging people to not have a vaccine for COVID-19 if it comes out so here's my theory for it that motherfucker is shook. His tennis performance is probably a bit shaky, so he's just come out saying, oh, I'm an anti-vaxxer, knowing that that's going to impact his return to tennis, meaning that he's not going to be able to come back and he goes out on top. It's, it's him screaming, I'm still relevant! There is also that as well. There's that whole classic celebrity and like an echo chamber kind of thing here. Being he's controversial still, he's... for the sake of being controversial. Yeah. I mean, you say he's, you say he is still relevant in the tennis world because he's world number one, but like it's just fucking ridiculous. I think no. I, 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 I'm, I'm sort of looking at this in uh, in a weird way. This has maybe upset me more because for years I've thought he's just a genuinely nice guy. He's always come across as a nice guy. In Are you thought any- wrong. Yeah, well, clearly I did, and and it's frustrating because he's 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 always come across as so humble. You've got a guy that, you know, in the in his early twenties, he was he was a world class tennis player, but he couldn't win the big tournaments. Um, you know, he 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 had a problem with going in those sort of four or five hour matches he, numerous times where he'd retire uh, in in late late sets in late matches in late round matches. And then, you know, the story is great for how he sorted it out. Went and saw a doctor and he was just like, stop eating gluten. You're gluten intolerant. He's cut gluten out of his diet. And then he was the, he was untouchable for five years, you know. And it was such a great story. Um, and yet he was still so humble about it. Yes, he was a bit of a, a bit of a, he loved the celebrity. He had his stuff with Sharapova and all of that. And, you know, that's, that's, that's all fine. But this is at... If you want to be generous about it, it's irresponsible. But if you want to be honest about it, it's really quite dangerous because he's, as you say, he's got a massive platform. Lots of people respect him. You know, I until I read this story, I respected him. That's really waning now. Um, but for people that are thinking that vaccinations are dangerous, this is a really, really you know, prominent individual who they could now use as a, you know, as a case study. And the thing that really gets me 
annoyed about it is that he should know there is not going to be a major tennis tournament before September at the absolute earliest. So why are you coming out and saying it in mid-April? It doesn't make a difference. If, if, they, if they say that they're going to play the French Open in September, as they're talking about doing, if you then decide that you don't, you know, if the rule is, there's so many ifs, if it happens, if you need to get vaccinated, if all of those things come together and he doesn't feel like he can play because he's being told he has to get a vaccine and he doesn't want to do that, then we have a think about how we deal with it. But even then, think about how you position it. Say you're injured or say you're not fit to return or something. Be fucking responsible. To be um, fair, sorry, Moody, carry on. No, go for it. No, go for no, it. No, I was just going to say, even if they do end up playing the French Open behind closed doors, at least they will be social distancing. True. Because last time I saw a tennis pitch, <laughs> it's quite big. It's also got, it's also got a court. Tennis pitch. <laughs> tennis pitch. <laughs> tennis pitch. Fucking good going, Ben. So, 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 just, oh, God. Just Ben Sports references have been a tennis pitch and people have retired 15 years ago. This is one. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that concludes what has been quite a. Quite an angry pick a prick for this week. And I feel like we've got a lot of stress out of our bodies. And I know I feel a lot calmer and cool and collected after having that massive rant. I'm sorry for doing so, guys. Um, and join us after the break as we get into some good news. Welcome back. Um, we are going to get into some good news because we don't just bitch about the world. We have some good stuff to share as well. And we kick off with Dolby. Hello. Hello. What good so, news you have for us? Good news. So, uh, this is pretty big. It's a potential cure for blindness. Holy shit. Yeah. So, um, there is a link to an article which I put in the chat. I'll get it up on Twitter as well from Good News Network, which is, I'll be honest, where I get all my good news from. Um, so it's really long and really science-y um, and I'm not going to get into it because I won't understand it and I'll butcher it and it'll put down the work these hard people have done. But there's a group of scientists of Texas that might help found a way to cure muscular degeneration. Essentially, that is when your cells break down in your eyes every time because you get old. So there's several compounds that they've discovered that can be used to replicate the cells in your eye as they break down. They've done some tests and they managed to cure 14 mice who've been previously blind. Amazing. So it's it, it's still in the very early stages, but they're pretty, they haven't started human trials yet. But they're pretty optimistic that this could, if not be a, at least pave the way for a cure for degenerative blindness. See, I'm not always negative. Do they have to go back their sunglasses on little sticks? 
<laughs> what the mice? Mice, yeah. Because when you talk about blind mice, they've always got. No, I think they got to keep them because it's part. Of, I, I think they got to keep them because it's all part of the look. Cool. So Dalby, do we have? Why was to... there twelve of them? And you know what he's getting at. <laughs> this was my next joke. Go on, thought. Why was there twelve of them and not three of them? Well, there's four lots of three of them. Fucking got you there, mate. Cut out completely, so I didn't hear it, so it don't count. There's four lots of three. Because <laughs> maths. <laughs> we have to change the right, as in to three seeing mice. In fact, actually, that nursery uh, rhyme's defunct because she kept, that bloody woman cuts off their tails. That means you have to catch one. Have you ever tried catching a mouse with one hand? We are going down a weird path. For yeah, what's an amazing new on... story? Shall we move on to the next analyze one? Analyze nursery rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we move on to the next one? We've... Yeah, all of this is definitely bonus episode material, so we'll <laughs> skip past that. Thorpe, give us some good news. My, it, it, it's not a cure for blindness, but it might be a cure for hunger. IKEA have released a recipe for their famous meatballs. What? Yes. Yes. You've got um, it's available on all good websites when you Google it. I've gone for one off uh, good housekeeping. <laughs> and if I can if I can zoom in on the picture, it might tell me Jesus Christ, I'm showing my age today. Oh here we go. It's just down the road. It's five hundred it's beef mince, pork mince, one onion, one cove of garlic, some breadcrumbs, an egg. So it's, you can do it at home. Just go and get some mince. Pretty- it's a pretty standard meatball recipe, to be the, fair. The virtual pub, the food podcast. It's what? What can you make? What can you make when you're drunk at night? Probably, Just not, a, me, probably not meatballs. I would not fucking trust myself making meatballs. Thought the whole thing about IKEA meatballs was like the sauce that went with them. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's so it. it's like well, for that, that's a standard for... meatball. Oh, he's got the sauce. Got the sauce recipe: dash of oil, forty grams of butter, forty plain flour, hundred fifty ml veg stock. 150ml beef stock, 150ml of thick double cream, two teaspoons of soy sauce and a teaspoon of Dijon mustard. And how fucking common did our sound in that? I was, I was literally thinking, as you were saying it, when you start your cookery show, do you just get more Nottingham? 40 <laughs> grams of butter. <laughs> butter. And there wasn't a single tea in any of what you just fucking said there. I was in Colville earlier, and you literally sounded like you were from there. (laughs) (laughs) Colville. Go on, Moody. Give us your good news. So, Thistleton Lodge is a care home in Blackpool. um, And I saw an absolutely fantastic video on Reddit the other day. uh, I'm sure we'll put the link in uh, in all the relevant places. Um, But... One of the nurses at the care home noticed that a resident by the name of Ken went to sleep every night with a photo of his late wife beside him. Very, very nice, very sweet. So they took the time to get the photo and get it printed out and put on a pillow for him. So rather than just having to sleep with a little photo frame, he could he could lie next to a pillow with his wife's face on. And it's an absolutely lovely story. And his reaction when he gets the present is absolutely fantastic. Burst into tears. He's so happy. And it's just a really, really heartwarming story. Yeah. I've got but it, it, also, it, it also made me think that this is the one time it is acceptable 
to have a photo of your other half's face plastered on a pillow. <laughs> I know that one of the people on this podcast has had a situation <laughs> where maybe it wasn't. I am literally, when you started that, I'm just going to get up and go and get another drink. And then I've just heard you say that. And I am literally just sitting there saying, don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. (laughs) See, for me, I was thinking more of like, well, they could have printed a sex doll for him. But uh, that's me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, the thing is, STIs are a massive thing in care homes because all they're doing is having sex with each other. This is real. This is this is breaking news. That is, no, that yeah. That is, but... <laughs> Honestly, not thought about getting pregnant no more. So yeah, so they just bang each other. Fair. Anyway, back to top. I wasn't going to say fort by interjecting that. That was just a little little factoid. Ben fort. Yeah, I think you moved it. You moved it on quite quickly, Lindsay. Anyway, whose go is it next? <laughs> well, be, be, before like we end with um, this story being firmly shat all over, I will try and like dust some of the shit off it and say like it's always amazing to see how like these small gestures mean so much to some people. Just means so much to him. Like I've got the video playing on stream right now, just so that people can watch it. And sorry, it's made me quite emotional. That's amazing. Yeah. And you know those care workers did that out of their own pocket as well. Exactly. This is it's that sort of stuff that it really makes you all sink in. Like, what the priorities are for people during lockdown? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's fine. I was just gonna move on to the next one. Lindsay, give us some good news. That's not so much good as it is hilarious. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I'm even laughing now. Um, So. In Dudley, uh, Dudley Zoo, a flamingo escaped and was seen wandering around. And the way that Joey pitches to me, because he likes to try and he likes to help me out and find my pick of the pick of the pricks and my my good news and everything. He said, "Ah, flamingo escaped from Dudley Zoo and it got so bored it went back." <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is what happened, but it's still genuinely so. Obviously, the flamingos at the zoos they have their wings clipped so they can't fly anywhere, but they can glide about. And this one was just gliding about doing his business, and then a gust of wind blew and it flew him out of the zoo. <laughs> and then he wandered around a little bit, and it was all like all over Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram pictures of this flamingo wandering around. And then he did find his way back to the zoo, and the zookeepers caught him in the enclosure. <laughs> I think it was a she, nice. actually. Sorry for misgendering the flamingo. Yeah, she. And she was safely yep, returned to her enclosure unharmed. Oh, I'm glad <laughs> she was returned unharmed after her little exploration around Dudley to realize that Dudley's a little bit boring, and she went back. So, so, so I just need to jump in here for a second. Um, when we we kind of shared the links to these stories that we're going to cover before the podcast, and Lindsay put the link in, and she she shared a link with us from the absolute bastion of reporting, DudleyNews.co.uk. <laughs> um, but I read this article only late this afternoon, and I read the article, and it was perfectly enjoyable. But I noticed in the most read stories on the right hand side of the screen that actually Dudley News have one upped us because the most read article on DudleyNews.co.uk literally starts good news. Do you want to I'm know some really it. good news 
from Go things on. that are happening in Dudley at the moment, because this is the most read article on dudleynews.co.uk. We're waiting in anticipation. What is it? Good news as green bin rounds to return in Dudley Borough. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> They're doing the bin collections again, guys. <laughs> that is the wholesome content that I look for <laughs> in <laughs> this world. Can I, get, can I get an RSS feed to the Dudley News? Is what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. I'm sure, I'm sure you can find one. <laughs> what do you want one? Yeah. By the way, the... people on Twitch, Moody, are asking for your story around the pillow. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's sort of my story. I witnessed it, didn't I? I think in the past we have talked about our, our uh, trips to Heavy Fest down in Kent, a lovely little uh, Moody, rock Moody music festival. The story mm. was Grove, it was Groves Rock. Was it Groves Rock? It I was Groves Rock. But we spoke about Groves Rock as well. So. We've spoken about Groves Rock mm. as well. Anyway, um, so we, we, we turn up at the festival where we've pitch our tents and uh, and we're all sorted and it, it emerges that uh ben thorpe who is uh seeing seeing a young lady at the time and has has traveled to a festival without her and as a way of remembering her while he's away she's gifted him a pillow with her face on <laughs> oh, how, how long are you how long had you two been together at that point thorpe i don't fucking know <laughs> Can I just point out that, that was a good quality that was a good quality stuffing, but I think it was duck feather. What? Well, I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> I take it all back. Going <laughs> back the person's face. I don't think she fucking bought it for the comfort, mate. <laughs> <laughs> And that, Ben Thorpe, is why we're friends with you. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> I don't know how the fuck I'm going to top this. I'll, um, I'll persevere and I'll try. Um, we turn to, I know it's about coronavirus, but this man called Chris Lewis is probably the safest person from all of what is happening around the world because he is self-isolating on an uninhabited island just off the coast of the UK. So he's on a 108-hectare island that sits just off the west coast of the Shetland mainland. And essentially what happened is he went over there before everything started to happen to start camping. Um, and he did it as part of a charity, a charity effort. And so far he's raised £98,000. But him and his wonderful, wonderful dog, Jet, which there's a picture on screen for people watching the stream, stream so you can see how cute this puppo is. They've inhabited a house that has no running water and no electricity, and he's got all of the survival tools needed to ensure that he stays out there. And essentially what it means is he is quite simply the safest person on Earth at the moment. He gets, the, gets a regular boat drop of fresh water and coal, alongside um some vegetables but in terms of what else he needs to collect he collects driftwood and forages and fishes for his food it's an amazing story like it's always super strange like how in a world where we're all kind of feeling the same thing like we're locked 
in these four walls and we're all feeling a bit of cabin fever that some other people just how in what situation they've been caught is actually quite a good one for them we'll see to loss though i mean this is going to turn out in a year and he'll come swinging back up again because everyone's forgotten about him like that tv show channel four did he <laughs> <laughs> re-emerges like fucking robin williams for jumanji what year is it <laughs> And that concludes some good news. And we will be coming back after this short break with a pub quiz. And we are back with the final segment of the show, the ultimate competition. It's time for the pub quiz. Dolby, take it away. Wonderful. Uh, shout out to uh, my old quiz partner who's currently watching us now. This is normally where we would have some uh, Harry Potter music without having any rights for it. But as we're a more professional <laughs> outfit, we're not going to. So, Lindsay, who won last week, picked Harry Potter. So anyone that heard the Pokemon episode heard just how fucking angry she got when she lost. So if you three lads could somehow have her lose this week, it might be the best content we'll ever produce on this podcast. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Already. It's already happening. Right. So without further ado, as you all know, I have a couple, this this quiz is a, opened up a couple of side projects for me. I had my job at a Pokemon Zoo. I had my job working for a TV channel. This week, um, I've got another little side project. J.K. Rowling is releasing a book for children, a new one, called Your First Day at Hogwarts. But unfortunately, she's asked sent it to me and asked if I'll proofread it for her, which is a stupid decision. But who am I to say no? Unfortunately, she's missed some words out. So... I just need you guys to fill in the blanks for me on this. It'll make sense if we're going through. Question number one. First things first, you need to get to Hogwarts. And as you all know, you need to get the train. Get to King's Cross, then go to Black. Moody. Moody, yep. Platform nine and three quarters. Correct. One point to Moody. Boom. (laughs) There was part of me that thought it was going to be a Lindsay clean sweep. So that's already gone wrong. Good news, you made the train. Well done. But you start to feel a little bit peckish. Luckily, you dig through your bag and find blank. Hopefully, you don't get earthworm flavour. Jason. Yep. Uh, Bertie Bart's every flavour beans. Correct. One point to Jason. Hey. Lindsay's gone suspiciously quiet here. Two questions. Zero points for Lindsay. Question number three. A fellow new person sits next to you on the train. They turn around with a smile and say, That's a nice wand. I got mine from my sister. Where did you get yours from? Lindsay. Lindsay, yep. Ollivanders. Yeah, Ollivanders is right. The the rest of the clue was, I went to Diagonally and bought mine in blank. She's on the scoreboard. Hey. 
This one's probably the easiest one. Question number four. As the train rolls on, you and your new friend continue the conversation. And you can't help but feel they look a little familiar. Have I seen you somewhere before? You ask them. Everyone thinks that. They say. My name's Granger. Everyone knows my Lindsay. sister. Yeah, Lindsay. Hermione. Yeah, everyone knows my sister, Hermione. Two points to Lindsay. She's storming back now. Yeah. Question number five. Your owl starts hooting from its cage. It's a white snowy owl. You got it because your hero, Harry Potter, also... Thorpe, Thorpe yep. Hedwig. Hedwig is right. Everyone's got a point. Question number six. You finally arrived. You can hardly contain your excitement. You and all the other new kids are buzzing around happily, but you're taken aback because you see a ghost flying towards you, his head nearly all the way off his body. Thorpe. Thorpe, yep. Headless neck. No. Lindsay? Oh, well, what? So, oh, right, it's mine again. Uh, is it the... Uh, so, so Thorpe, so, Thorpe, will you repeat your answer? A headless neck. Do it again, because you're not coming through very clearly. Nearly headless neck. Okay, okay, yeah, nearly headless neck. I thought you just said headless neck. That was why I was going to put it on. Yeah, that's fine. It came through the third time. <laughs> so Thorpe's now tired of Lindsay. Another more simple one here. As you filter into the Great Hall, you wait to be sorted into your house. You've been waiting all day for this. Jason. Jason, yep. The sorting hat. No, that was Ah. a bit of a trick. (laughs) Sadly, the whole ceremony doesn't seem right without the famous wizard and headmaster, Blank. Thorpe. (laughs) Dumbledore is correct. Thorpe takes the lead with with three questions left. Your name is called and you make your way to the front to be sorted. The sorting hat is placed on your head and you get you cross your fingers, you'll get the house that you want. Will it be Hufflepuff, Blank, Gryffindor, or Slytherin? Oh, that was close. Lindsay was definitely it was um, I think it was probably just Moody. Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw is correct. Two points. Two questions left. Just for me. Oh, I, I was tempted to. So, <laughs> Gryffindor it is, and you couldn't be happier. The school wasn't going. The school was never going to be the same about the one you read about. So many things have changed since the stories of old. Snape, McGonagall, and Blank, the gatekeeper. Lindsay. And, yep. Hagrid. Hagrid. Yep. Three points to Lindsay. Ooh. That puts her tied with Thorpe going into the last question. Your first year. Uh, your first year will be full of magical wonder of that you are certain but you cannot waste any time you must jump on your broom the first blank match of the season Jason Thorpe got it pot him Quidditch Quidditch is right you know what that means don't you (laughs) (laughs) Ben Thorpe wins (laughs) Thorpe what's your topic for next week I, I had no idea. I think about this. I've not even thought of one. Um, Disney. Disney. Disney, okay. Pic- Disney Pixar. Di- ju- so just Disney Pixar. Disney Pixar. Okay. Lindsay, any, th- any thoughts? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, we better move on quickly before Lindsay comes over to my flat and kills me. I love how in this moment yeah, of need for decent content, we've pulled it out of the bag. And Thorpe's just absolutely smashed it with his quiz. 
that was really that was good. Right. Right. Okay, he got one point more than <laughs> me. That's not it. And to be fair, in my head, <laughs> so actually, you guys can piss off. And, 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 oh, guys, you let him repeat angry. an answer like three times. You let because him repeat his answer. answer three fucking times. Yeah, because you got it right. Your actual quiz. Yeah, but Lindsay, you got the answer right all three times. It just didn't come through very clearly. Because well, the reason I let him repeat it, the reason I didn't let, let him repeat it is I didn't want to give him a point if he said it wrong, knowing you'd get angry about it. <laughs> so I, I will... Wanna, I do want to say Hermione's an only child, you fucking dickhead. <laughs> it's, a, it's a new story. It's a new story. And you got that. Yeah, but she w- fucking. <laughs> if you want, I'll, if you want, I'll withdraw that question. Karen. If you want, I'll withdraw that question. Then you've got one less point. No, she obliviated her parents, so she, like there was no memory of the her or the magical world at all. So the, she, she was an only child. It was more believable if you had said daughter. Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay, on, you know what there is a memory of you losing this quiz. <laughs> And I know where you fucking live. <laughs> Joey, we're going Wait, to Ben's we, house. We're going to need Can we backtrack here? Hermione did what to her parents? She, said she obliviated them. Yeah. Obliviate. extremely <laughs> harsh. She straight up murdered them. That's cold-blooded. Yeah. No. Well, it turned out she wow. was on the train with yeah, you and you know his sister. In that case, if Lindsay's got such objections to that question, Lindsay has one point and... No, God! <laughs> 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 I will breeze past this super quickly and I will thank everybody for listening and for tuning in live. If you would like to support the podcast, please do go ahead and subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Castbox. Yeah, if you uh want to get in touch with me with any quiz ideas about Disney Pixar, um Tweet me at Unlikely Dan, or you can do it through our Twitter, the at Virtual Pod PC. Feel free to tweet our official Twitter account with um, consolation messages to Lindsay as well, because I think she'll really appreciate it in her hour of need. And final love of shout outs from me. You can find me all over social at Mr. Jason England, including on Twitch, which I know some of you are watching on. So thank you all for watching. And please do go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy what you see. And Thorpe, what's your social media? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Ben's Face, or one word. Cool. And Lindsay? Yep, I am actually really happy that everyone's watched on Facebook. So thank you. And for that, look out for more watch parties for the next week. Um, you can find me at Kezzy B on Twitter and Instagram. And finally, Moody. And yeah, as you say, we can uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all three. It's just Virtual Pub PC. Cool. And we are going to sign off with a little segment we like to call Nottingham Unsigned. So we like to highlight some of the amazing local talents that there is in the city that we love and we live in. And this one comes from a guy called St Manville. So we are going to play out with his song called Little Victories. So with that in mind, thank you all for listening. Take care. Bye. 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 Lizzie lost a quiz.
I need these little 